Hey, God bless you. This is Sean in the Word. I just want to encourage you through this message that the Lord gave me in January of 2022 at the Springs Church in Jacksonville, Florida, concern and prayer. We're living in a season and a time which we need the power of God, and that power can only come through prayer. Listen and be blessed. This is Sean and the Word. Tonight is learning how to pray. This is not something that you can set in a pulp, set in the, in the, in the pew or in your chair and kind of grasp and say, oh, you know, I'm going to learn how to pray. Or you set in a Sunday school class or on a sidewalk or a vacation Bible school. I, I believe that prayer can really not just be learned but taught. You know, you really got to get it in your life. Some things you just got to go through for you to comprehend. I don't know if it's just me and my ESC background, but I can't just grab a hold of something really easy. I really have to see it fleshed out or experience it myself. And I believe the Father, through the Son and in the Spirit, understands that prayer is more than just words. It's more than just a lesson to be taught. It's a life to be lived. You're journeying with Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to teach us how to pray. And tonight, we're going to see just that. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says this. Reading out of the New American Standard Bible, it says, It happened that while Jesus was praying... Imagine that. He's practicing what he's preaching. And a certain place after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We adore you. We thank you, Lord, that you are who you say you are. God, let us learn in this place and from our life that you have been showing us and teaching us and drawing us to the place where we could call on you, Lord, that we can know that you're near, that we can know that you're a God who answers, a God who cares. And we thank you, Lord, that even tonight, by the power of your Holy Spirit and through the, the goodness of your word, that, Lord, you could speak, God, that you would move in this place. God, that you would meet our needs and remind us, Lord, that we could call out in every situation of our life. And you hear, Lord, move in this place. Have your way in this house. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. The disciples asked, teach us to pray. That word for teach as you see, he says, as John taught his disciples, it has an understanding, a, a synonym would be used where we get our word catechism. And that word catechism simply means to be taught or to be educated to the point in religious practices. John was teaching and formulating his disciples in religious practice. And so the disciples assumed that Jesus would do the same thing, that he would teach and bring through catechism to the point to his disciples that they would learn the lesson of prayer, that they'll have the certain words of prayer. 
they'll have the certain posture of prayer, that they wouldn't be missing out on the, 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 the symphony of prayer. So they was really desperate to be discipled. So I got to ask you this. I know we throw that word discipleship around a lot. It means to be mature in your faith, to learn about who you love and who you serve, to really be at the point where you're reproducing that which God has done in you and others. Are you like the disciples? Do you have a hunger and a thirst to grow in faith? Do you have a hunger and thirst to know what true prayer is like? What it means to touch the heart of God? What it means to come to the Father? Are you discipled? Do you desire to be discipled? Are you longing for more of what God would have for you and your family? That's a key question. That's a key question that we here at the church take seriously. We can't force you into discipleship, but the Spirit drawing you. Lord, teach me. God, let me grow. Let me know more of you. Let me more of the things of you. But what we're not talking about is catechism. We're not trying to formulate or fashion you in a religious practice. We're not trying to give you a set of rules or laws to say this, this, and this, and you become this. No, no, that's Jesus actually backs off of this as well. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. We say this all the time. And if you would really look at the word of God, if you would really look at how Jesus responds to them, you would understand that he is trying to teach them what this is all about. He's not trying to bring them through catechism, for he says, well, watch this. Our Father, which art in heaven. It's relationship. He's saying you have a relationship with God Almighty. You have a relationship with the Most High God. You are an intimate relationship with the God of heaven. Hallelujah. Our God, our Father, which is in heaven. And then he tells a story about this man who had a, a, a visitor come into his house, and he says he went to his friend's house, and he started knocking on the door. I have somebody coming relationship, friendship. And then at the end of, the end of this story, verses 11, 9 through 13, he talks about you have a father who's generous. You have a father who's good that will give good gifts to you. See, God, prayer is not this set of lessons for catechism. Prayer is a relationship and birth in that relationship. Let me show you. In verse 9 and 10, look at Luke chapter 9, verse, chapter 11, verse 9 and 10, it says this. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will knock, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Ask, seek, and knock. Jesus says, basically, this is the tenets of prayer. This is like the formula of what prayer is like. If you was to go through catechism, they would tell you, keep asking God, keep asking God, keep seeking God, keep knocking. But if it's about relationship, you're not learning in the class, but you're learning it on Blandon, you know it a little bit different. 
You're learning it on 295 this afternoon where my wife was stuck for one hour trying to get home. You learn lessons through life. The word ask there, let's look at this. The word ask is the same. It says ask, it's in, it's in consonant form, which simply means to keep asking. You just keep asking. You keep asking. You don't stop. Really what I would say here is dependence. 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 It's the, it's the word that they get for begging. Other places Jesus says, ask anything in my name, that's a different type of word. This is a word that Jesus used that's very the same as, as they would say for begging. That we have nothing on our own to demand from him that we're saying we're dependent on you. We're dependent on you. Relationship. I have a son who can't push the microwave all by himself. Dad, could you help me? I got another son who is in diapers. Mom, can you help me? A dependency relationship. Think about Peter's life. Think about when Peter was in that storm on the boat and he saw Jesus walking to him. And Jesus says, y'all don't need to be afraid for it's me. In Matthew chapter 14, Peter says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. The Bible says that he got out of that boat and he began to walk towards the Lord. Hallelujah. He began to do that which he thought he could never do. He began to, to live in the supernatural, live beyond his own ability, live beyond his own strength and his own understanding. He was far further than he ever thought, far further than he ever thought he could go, far further than he ever thought he would be. It was a God thing. During that whole time, the waves and the sea and the winds were blowing. Nothing changed except for he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he realized, I'm way over my head. I'm way over my head. I'm way further than I ever been, and there's no way I can do this on my own. I'm further than I ever thought I can go, and there's no way I could accomplish this in my own strength. Help! Rescue me! Totally dependent on Jesus. Totally dependent on a move of God in his life. He asked him, he begged him, help me! What about your life? You ever got to the place in your life and in your journey? You saw our pastor down here on his knees begging God. He knows he's way further than he ever thought he'll be. He knows that he is dependent on Almighty God for a move of God in this generation. You couldn't have a better pastor, hallelujah. You couldn't have a better man leading us in this generation than a man who's dependent and knows he's dependent on Almighty God. Not his eyes on the situation and circumstances, but his eyes on the king. Do what you do, Lord. Help me, rescue me, Lord. Save your people, strengthen us, grow us in the things of you, Lord. Move on my behalf. Glory to God. See, you don't learn the lesson of asking in a classroom. You learn the lesson of asking in a life. When you get to the place that you, God has brought you, Lord, if it's you, bring me out. He has brought you way beyond 
your own ability. 2016, we had a son. Hallelujah, man, I was a dad, still a dad, <laughs> kind of. But we, were, we rented an apartment for two months, and that apartment for two months was more than what we had in our budget. And I said, well, we need this apartment because we stayed at this hospital that was actually a good hospital. It was an international hospital. We stayed in that, that area. We waited for the birth certificate, and they said, you have to change my son's, you have to change his name. You cannot, get a, you cannot get a birth certificate until you change his name. Well, God had given me his name, Sean Fisher Miles. It was from the Lord. I was like, I can't change his name. It's like they're in Babylon, and they're trying. I said, I can't change his name. His name means a lot to me. I said, well, you ain't getting a birth certificate. If I don't get a birth certificate, I can't leave that area. If I don't, can't leave that area, I can't come back to America. I'm like, man, what in the world? So we're sitting there, and the whole time we're sitting there, we're just, we're running out of money to stay in this apartment. We're running out of time because we have to go back to America soon, and we're just praying. Oh, yeah. I got an ingrown toenail that got infected in Vietnam. Imagine that. And this thing swelled up so big, and it hurt. I had to go to the doctor, and they cut it, and blood squirted it out. It was so nasty. I'm in pain, man. And you know what I realized? I'm way further than I ever thought I would be, and I'm in more need than I ever thought I would be in. I went up to the roof of that place, and I had one word for God. Have mercy on me. I need you, Lord. I need you. I went back down, and I called the embassy in Hanoi, and they said, sir, we've already told you so many times you need to change his name. And she says, hold on, hold on. She starts looking, you hear in the background shuffling, she goes, talking, and she comes back, she goes, but there's this one paper, don't tell nobody about it, come and ask for the I-15, and then get your birth certificate, glory to God, learn through life how to ask, be dependent. Second, you see, seek, seek him, he says, seek and you will find. Now, <clears throat> when you look at seeking, you think, man, what in the world could seeking be? Seeking is a desperation. You see in Luke chapter 15, where they're desperately looking for the sheep, they're desperately looking for the coin, and then you have the father waiting and desperately seeking and looking for the son. There's a desperation for seeking there. It's, a, it's really a desire to have that which you know should be there, which you know should belong to you, which you know you should have. There's a seeking, a desperate situation. Well, when the Holy Spirit spoke this to my heart, I said, Lord, how in the world can you learn seeking in life? How do you learn seeking in life? How do you get desperate for the things of you and for you to move in our circumstances and situations? The Lord showed me Acts chapter 12. Peter was being faithful, again, Apostle Peter being faithful to the call of God on his life. He was preaching and healing and doing the miraculous, living in the anointing of God in his life, being who Jesus created him to be. And he was arrested. And the Bible says that when he was arrested, he was taken back into the dungeon. He had four squads of four soldiers each. 
That's 16 soldiers in the interlock of that prison, slammed shut and sleeping in the middle of two of those soldiers. It says it was a bad situation. It was a desperate time. But, look at this, the church was fervently, fervently praying for him. They were in continuous prayer. This could have lasted a day and a half to up to four days. A day and a half to four days, they were constantly, desperately seeking God. Lord, would you move on his behalf? God, would you set him free? Lord, would you open up the doors? God, I know there's 16 of those soldiers, but Lord, there's one of you, and I know that's nothing. You can do it all, God. They just kept seeking God, knowing that he's able. In the impossible situation, they got desperate. The Bible says that the Lord awoke Peter in the middle of the night, and it says, go ahead and walk on out. Walk on out. Chains fell off of him, soldiers asleep, and he walked right on off. Hallelujah. See, you learn desperate prayer. You learn seeking God, not from a classroom, but from life situations, from circumstances, from tight places. Have any of y'all ever been in a tight place? Have ever, any of y'all ever been in a desperate situation? Have any of y'all ever learned what it means to seek God, to call out on him, not one time, not two times, but Lord, could you move? God, could you save that boy? I know he's doing what he's doing, but God, I know that you can save him. Lord, would you seek him even now? Lord, would you turn his heart even now? You just keep seeking and desperate for him. You know, when I was in Vietnam in 2015, we had this pastor's wife got arrested. We were up in central Vietnam in Wong Ai, and she had got arrested right after we left, and we came back, and we were having a pastor's training, and we heard she had got arrested. We just left, man. She's a precious, sweet woman of God. And do you know we stopped training, and we just started seeking. We just started praying. We prayed the rest of that day. Lord God, would you move on her behalf? Lord, would you let them soldiers let her go? God, would you bless her? Lord, watch over her family. I pray that their family would not grow weary in seeking your face, but Lord, that you would help them. And Lord, that you would open. God, help her. Help her, Lord. Lord, please help her, God. Please don't let her be persecuted to the point of imprisonment. God, help her. Help her. Help her. Do you know the next morning, they let her go free? And one of our largest church ministries is in that area from the work of that woman and her husband's hand. Hallelujah. See, in life situations, you learn, not from a classroom, not from a Sunday school lesson, but you learn from journeying with Jesus how to seek him in prayer, how to get desperate, dependent, desperate. But it doesn't stop there. He says, knock, knock. And he'll be open. The word again, continuous, keep knocking. This is the idea of diligence. Pastor Matt Poole always says, Lord, we're knocking on heaven's door one more time. Will you save our lost loved ones? That's diligence. In the verses before when it says that a friend came at midnight hour, you wouldn't give him to him because he's your friend. You would give it to him because he's diligent. He's diligent. He ain't settling. 
And I'm going to tell you what's, what's the problem in the church, not just the Springs Church, but globally. We've forgotten about the knock. We've, we've learned to settle. We've learned to be okay with good fruit. We've learned to be okay in our knowing just enough. We learn to be okay with our services this time and our lifestyle that way. We've learned to be comfortable. We've learned to be dependent, yes. We've learned to be desperate, oh gosh, yes. We've forgotten the cry of diligence. We forgot the, the desire for knocking. And I said, Lord, how can you learn diligence? Not from a classroom, but from life. And the Lord showed me from Acts chapter 10. The Apostle Peter again. Imagine that. Apostle Peter again just did some miracles. Boy, he was in Joppa and he saw a woman raised to life. God resurrected a woman in his hand. He leaves from there and he goes and he stays at one of his friend's house. And it says early the next morning, he's on the roof, fastened, praying. He's knocking. Lord, I'm thankful for what you've done. But I'm not satisfied with where I am. Want more. More, God. The Bible says he saw this vision. And what the vision said. That the Gentiles could come to Christ. That this gospel wasn't just for the Jews. But what God has made clean is clean. That whoever would accept him, whether white, black, rich, or poor, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Open doors. Hallelujah. Open doors. He learned to be diligent in his knocking, and he saw an open door of heaven for the souls of men and the glory of God. What about you, church? What about you? Have you learned in your life that you are no longer satisfied with just your family being saved and your children walking with God? But are you crying and knocking? God, could you save them homeless people that are bound and addicted? That's somebody's sons and daughters. That's somebody's mother and father. God, could you renew them? God, could you save them? Are you knocking? It's a diligence to not be satisfied with where you are. You do more. That same house in 2016, in the same apartment that we were stuck in in Vietnam, they had a top balcony. And I would go up on top of that balcony. We had just got done training pastors. At that time, we had about 27, 28 churches. We had about 60 pastors in our training center. And I'm sitting on top of this house, this apartment, and I'm praying. And I'm watching these poor kids walk to school. And I'm watching their poor mother and fathers try to earn a living. And I just started knocking. 
said, God, can you reach them? Lord, could we help them? God, can they hear about you? I went to a gym one day. This guy, he was bigger than Matt Poole, and he had tattoos all over him, and he was an American in a Vietnam gym. Imagine that. And we were lifting weights, and he was apart from me, and I started to share the gospel with him. And I said, Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Either he's a liar or a lunatic or he's Lord. I said, for me, he's Lord. My life's given to him. He said, yeah. That big old joker went back to change to go back to work. Three minutes later, he comes and he interrupts me. He says, the first time in my life I've heard a voice like you talking to me. He says, I have 30 million Vietnam dong, $1,500. I want to give this to you to help some poor kids. Could you do that? I said, you don't even know. Earlier today, I was knocking. God, could I reach them? Not even a week later, my wife stood in front of an entire school down the block from where we were at, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to not just the 30 kids we helped, but to the entire class and teachers and the entire government. And do you know, since that day, hallelujah, since that day, since that time of knocking, we've done over 5,000 scholarships, 5,000 food bags. Glory to God. Tens of thousands have heard the gospel. Thousands have surrendered their life. diligence, not getting satisfied in your journey, one more. The disciple says, Lord, would you teach us to pray? He says, if you keep asking, I'll answer. If you keep seeking, you'll find. Keep knocking, I'm open. But then he says something that tops it all off. This is you. You are fathers. Some of y'all are evil. And you know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more your heavenly Father in heaven give to you the Holy Spirit if you would just ask. The word ask there is different than the first one. This ask is relational. Could you give them to me? Could you give me what I need for this journey? Could you fill me to the fullness for this situation? Could you wipe my tear with your presence? Could you comfort my heart with your spirit? Could you strengthen me with your power? Can you give me what I need, Lord, and be satisfied in you and you alone? We learn to pray. It only comes from a life of journeying with Jesus. Desperation, dependence, diligence. Move with the Spirit of God in your life. I have one question to ask you. As we
sat here. You drove here for what? You're here tonight, why? I know the answer, but I want you to answer to him. He says if you ask, he'll give you the prize of heaven himself. Himself. He'll give you himself, the answer. He'll wipe the tears. He'll heal that heart. He'll give you strength for another day. He's the one that satisfies. He's the one that satisfies. He's the prize. He's our hope. He's our strength. He's all that we would ever need. It's him. And he says, all you have to do is ask. You didn't come here tonight to be seen by another. You didn't even come here tonight to hear a word. You showed up here tonight for him. For him. I got a word for you. Ask for him. He's taught you how to pray through your journey. Ask for him. Are you desperate tonight? tonight, you're in need, ask. Are you complacent? Then you want a diligent spirit. Knock. Lord, we love you. Lord, this is not a lesson to be learned in a class. But a very thing to be grasped through our journey. If you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you know that you're dead in your transgressions and sin. You know that you have the weight of your sin resting on you right now. The Bible says if you would turn to him, admit that you're a sinner, believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, and commit your life to him, the Bible says you shall be saved. If that's you tonight, I want you to come down here. And I want you to understand what it means to be a child of God in the new birth. Don't be ashamed. Come down and say, I want Jesus. I want a new life. But if you're here tonight, and you're in your life journey, gotten to the place where you realize you're in need, you're dependent. You need him. Come ask. If you're in your journey and there's an ongoing situation where you haven't got relief, it's desperate. Come and seek. Or if you just want more, a move of God, diligence, come we love you, Lord. We love you. We adore you. We ask for you. Fill us to the fullness. Refresh us and renew us. We want you.
Thank you again for joining us. I pray God blesses you real good, blesses you all the way. And we'll see you next time on Sean and the Word.